Welcome back to the latest and the greatest of the Blue Brothers Sportscast. Real talk, real fans, we bring you Michigan football each and every week. I'm Caleb, and with me as always is Craig. And Craig, it feels a little different this week, doesn't it? Feels good. Feels yep. real good. Feels real good. Yeah. Uh, it, I kind of feel like we have not felt like this probably since... Um, what maybe the second week yeah yeah i mean it kind of feels that way feels feels good like you know you know you know it feels like it feels like we've you know michigan football is is back even if it was for one game (laughs) you know i'm not i don't know if i'll i'll go that far and i know that we'll get into it uh, into the conversation. I don't know if I would phrase it that way, but right. it it definitely was a different game on Saturday than what we've been accustomed to for right. the last. Yeah, I don't even know how many weeks. Being now. very facetious, but you know, and uh, you got a glimpse of Michigan football. Is that better? You got to be realistic, man. <laughs> right. Quit being right. such a daydreamer. Right. Gosh. <laughs> no, I am. I'm daydreaming. I know, <laughs> but I missed it. That's why. I mean, I, was, I mean, I'm, I, I have a little. There was a little bit of light there, right? Yeah. And I, and I totally went towards the light. Don't go towards the light. <laughs> Too late. Yep. Craig's already gone and been blinded by the light. Yeah. I was that moth in the light, right? <laughs> moth in the flame. Yeah. Yep. Well, uh, we do have voicemails uh, yet again this week, so I'm interested, having not heard these, to see what other people have to say. We have three voicemails here. Uh, let's go ahead and see what everybody has to say. Hello, Caleb and Craig. This is uh, Ray. I'm from Tampa. Uh, huge Michigan fan. Love your podcast. Listen to it every week. Been listening to it for at least the past two years. I'm sitting here watching the game and the difference between John O'Corn and Brandon Peters is night and day. It's just mystifying as to watching him play. Just the two, uh, just the two, uh, drives that he's had so far in the game. Uh, it is halftime. I'm loving seeing that Michigan's up a little bit upset about the defense. Once again, we got hit back with a cutback, um, just like in the Penn State game. But it looks as if the future is bright, and this is, as a Michigan fan, what we've been waiting for. Can't wait to see what happens for the rest of the game. Hopefully, Jim Harbaugh sticks with the hot hand, doesn't go back to a corn. Love the kid. He's done as best as he can do, but even the offensive line is blocking a little bit differently with Peters in as a pair to with the corn. Uh, go blue, love your show, be listening uh, as normal. Thank you. All right, thanks. Uh, it sounded like Ray. It was a little bit hard to hear at the beginning, but I think it was Ray. Thanks for uh, calling in. That's awesome. A uh, longtime listener there. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, it is. It's good to hear that. Yeah, and um, ah, man, I was kicking myself. You know, I had one, well, okay, let's face it, more than one job, but I felt like I had one job to do, and I totally forgot, 
and I've failed the listeners, and I've really failed Stephen. I didn't get the dumb jackpot um, soundbite thing because I really oh, – yeah. I, I know. I forgot. <laughs> um, I, I got to do that. I'm putting that – I'm writing that down right now in my notes. Jackpot sound there. Okay. Um but when he said that the offensive line seems to be blocking differently with Peters, uh, I wanted to smash that button there because I thought yep. the same thing too. I did. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. not, not saying like, you know, <clears throat> they weren't trying with O'Corn out there. It just, it, it, you saw a difference and uh, there were, there were a lot of differences with uh, Peters out there instead of O'Corn. I won't dive into a lot right now, uh, definitely better play from Peters uh, than O'Corn here, and uh, it was good to see that. And I, d- it does kind of make you wonder. I know he was talking about hoping that Harbaugh goes with the hot hand and everything. Um, it does kind of make you wonder why some things maybe didn't change earlier. There were some people, uh, or there were some things uh, people heard and were saying, and I even saw things come out after this game about. Uh, lack of communication skills for Peters at the beginning of the season. So maybe that's something that he's developed um, and been able to get to this point. But I will admit, and uh, then I'll hand it over to you, I think that this has been the most ideal time to go ahead and make this transition. Yes, it sucks that the two losses happened. I, frankly, Peters would have played no difference with the MSU game, in my opinion, unless they completely changed their play calling as well. And then the Penn State game, if he st- unless he started before that game, I mean, you, you can't do that to a kid like that. But yeah. as far as Rutgers here, Minnesota next week, then on the road at Maryland, you know, a great progression bet- like from easier mm-hmm. to a little more difficult to a road game. So I I, make, I am excited to see it. I'm excited to see more games. So, uh, Craig, your thoughts? Yeah, right. <clears throat> right, I think. Yeah, he's absolutely right. It, you, it, there's no doubt that when uh, Peters came in and they made that switch that the the crowd, um, the offensive line, the whole team, even the defense, kind of switched and changed at that time. Yeah, the defense gave, a little, gave up a little bit, but um, they even were more – energized when that happened and this is one thing i think you're we're going to have to understand is the comparison between peters and a corner is they're both different they're both different players and they're not we're trying to peters is set up for john jim harbaugh and in a way so does wilton spate that you know wilton spate played plays like that he's a pro style quarterback and so does peters they're both you know they take under they go under snap and they you know step back and then they you know, just step into their throws and that's what the way they're set up and and if they need to move out of the pocket they can a corn is not set up that way he's and somehow we have in this mind that we're changing a corn into a Houston based offensive system he isn't he isn't he was not set up at Houston as a pro style. They weren't set up as pro style. They ran out of the shotgun most of the time. And you could see that. And a Jim Harbaugh offense or Drevno offense isn't set up that way. So a lot of times what you're seeing is a corn literally 
trying to go under center, and most of the time when he steps back, that's why he steps back so far. He's usually back in the shotgun. So, you know, you always see that seven or eight steps back. That's where he's most comfortable. And so he gets happy feet, and he starts running. And remember, is the pocket closes in the back of the field, at least five yards back. So he's stepping back there. So most of the time he's feeling the heat, and maybe at times you're seeing that the line's not blocking for him, probably because they're not set up that way. And my thing with a corn was always about the happy feet, and when he steps back too far, it collapses quickly. And so he goes out and runs, and he tries to make a throw, and it just usually isn't on the money. And we have to remember in Houston, benched him because he had one really good year, and then he had a really bad year. And I'm wondering – Mentally, Peters is a different player. I mean, I saw at the spring game. I know spring game isn't really a good barometer of how the team plays, but Peters is the way he is. If you think you're going to rattle this kid, you're not, because a lot of time in that game or in the spring game, he did throw a pick six and he he shrugged it off and he did he played great the rest of the you know the time he was he was playing. And I hope, like you said, it's just Rutgers. I get it, and it's at home, but. His demeanor and his poise in the pocket is similar to the spring game, and I hope we see more of it. Yeah, a lot a lot more to tell with that as uh, yeah. time goes on. So next voicemail, moving along. Thanks again, Ray, for that call. Yeah, thanks, we'll, Ray. We'll get this one going. How y'all doing, fellas? Um, Mr. Durrell, 1980, that's my Twitter handle. I actually... Um, Paid attention to the intro, and I'm like, I'm, have I ever left my Twitter handle? But it's cool. Anyway, straight to the game, man. It's a good game. A lot of focus today. I saw a lot of people grow up real quick. Uh, I'm just thankful that Coach dropped his pride, man, and put a lot of those young guys in, let them play. I'm not going to get too excited because I did that after the Purdue game. But I'm also not going to give props where props are due. Um, but before that, good, you know, shout out to Rutgers. Um, you know, it was cute. They, they, they scored 14. That's nice. It's hard for me to respect Rutgers. I mean, I mean, not because of the fact that I don't like them, but because, you know, they, they, I guess they, they try to get up for Michigan. And, you know, with, with ass, I know it's personal because, you know, Michigan is taking some Jersey players, well, some of the best Jersey players, but before, not this, not this class, but, you know, it, it. I don't know. Rutgers. I don't. I don't know, man. They. Whatever, man. They take the L and move on. But I was good. I was happy to see Nico playing. Kareem. You know, Sean McEwen doing McEwen, whatever he wants to call himself. I mean, and Brandon Peters. My goodness, man. Like, I know it's Rutgers, but you know, Rutgers is a still a football team, and Brandon Peters played well. I don't know who was calling the plays. I don't think it was Trevno, but I don't know. Like, this is what we've been waiting to see. Coach unleashing those freshmen, that's why you brought them there and let them play. And uh, the, the defense, you know, they, they gave up a little a little more than they probably anticipated. But Rashawn Gary, he's the monster among men. You know, Chase Winovich played well. You know, Hurst, eh, he's still good. He made a critical mistake today, but – it wasn't a, a mistake that, that cost him points or anything. But I like what I saw. I'm going to temper my emotions. Um, 
My expectations are, are that they keep this going against Minnesota. I know P.J. Fleck made a comment a few weeks ago. His team's probably going to have to pay for that next week. Then Maryland. Then Wisconsin. I don't think Wisconsin's that good. I'm, I'm watching them right now. That, I mean, they're slow. They're pretty pretty much you know, one-dimensional, so we'll see. That, that quarterback is going to have to beat Michigan with his arm. But, man, I like what I saw. I like what I saw, and I hope that they can keep it going. Love the show as always. Y'all keep doing your thing. Go Blue. I'm looking forward to hearing um, a lot a lot more voicemails if they're there, but – Peters, man, hey, I don't. I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying to stay calm and whatnot, but the kid looked good, making a lot better decisions than people who've been in college four or five years. So go figure. Uh, apparently, Coach Harbaugh knows what he's doing with quarterbacks. All right, Steven. Yeah. Thanks, man, for calling in as always. Uh, yeah, good stuff. Um, yeah, I can comment more than just uh, Brandon. Peters playing because a lot of underclassmen kind of uh Kareem Walker did great. Yeah, he had a really good game. Uh Nico Collins stepped in. So yeah, you saw that uh trickle more in with this game, which was nice. And uh it was nice for this to be an entertaining and kind of comfortable game. Uh the first half was kind of uh a mess. Well, first quarter was a mess, and then after that you know, obviously, when Peters came in, when it seemed like everything changed, um, got in their groove and everything. So, yeah, I and to mention off of another thing that I said to uh, Stephen mentioned <laughs> that it seemed like somebody else was calling the plays, which is very um, possible. And maybe he was calling the plays, but it was definitely the game was being called differently when P. Uh, Oh, yeah. When Peters came in and everything. So whether it was coming from Drevno or somebody else, because it has been said that there are multiple people calling plays. Uh, I don't know who it was or what it was, but there was a definite difference. So I don't know if we're going to hear any clarification on that. But whatever it was, it was good. The thing that I've kind of said that we talked about, man, I can't remember what game it was. Maybe it was the state game where they had so many different formations. Mm-hmm. Um, it the thing that makes me fearful is that it seems like Michigan is overcomplicating things for the offense, right? And we've said before, just keep it simple and outplay the other team. You don't have to out, you know, smart them, out playbook them necessarily. You need to outperform them, and to outperform them, you need to do the best with the plays that you are given. You can't, like, essentially half-ass it. you got to go all in. And so if you aren't 100% comfortable with all with the entire playbook, you know, you're kind of exhausting your team. So I'm just a little bit worried that as things go on, like, there are a lot of different things I'll bring up. I'll bring it up here now since we're talking about the play calling. I'm a little worried that maybe that's kind of the way that's gone sometimes with some of these quarterbacks where it's just like, okay, we have a new quarterback. Let's go back to the basics. Then they go back to the basics, and it's like, sweet, okay, we've had one or two good games with the basics. Let's start throwing in new things. And then they start suffocating it. Right. You can have this whole, I feel like this gigantic, like, thousand uh, thousand page book just lands on their lap and says, now go to, now do your homework. Yeah, this is is what we're doing next Saturday. So. Get ready right. for it. You do every one of these, right. Yeah. Now, I understand that you have to make adjustments each week. You can't go in with the same thing all the time because then the teams will be able to anticipate what you're doing and so on and so forth. But 
it uh, that's that's just kind of something that I'm a little bit fearful of. So hopefully they just they're like it's working. Let's keep it simple. Let's wait until Wisconsin and Ohio State to really you know, do anything crazy or different because we do need to put something new and fresh in there probably by that time just to make sure that we can have a little bit of an edge. But, yeah, right now with Rutgers, with Minnesota, with Maryland, keep it simple, outperform the other team. Yeah, that's a great, like you mentioned, it's a great time to – and you wonder why. You know what, I actually, in my head, I really believe this was – intentional by Jim Harbaugh and the staff that Peters does get into this game with the Rutgers. Um, I think in a way all along, I, I believe that they knew that Jim uh, O'Corn would struggle. I think that they knew that it would be a, a really bad, bad idea to have Peters come out there and play against Penn state, um, which I agree with. Um, but, I think after that game, I think they they knew we. I think we everybody knew that there was Peters. That switch is going to start happening, and and like you mentioned, you go from Rutgers at home, then you be able to do uh, Minnesota, Maryland, and it's a good, good couple games to have until you start going out in a hostile crowd in Wisconsin and Ohio State at home. But uh, but yeah, I mean we're talking about a corn. To me, it was just really, really difficult to watch a guy who's had that many games under his belt play against Rutgers, who who was very one-dimensional. All they could they could not pass the ball worth a darn. Um, they only they only had 101 yards passing, but a corn went three for six for only 13 yards. That's 2.2 average throwing, and his quarterback rating was 0.9. I mean, that was he didn't even get a point. So he threw one interception and he fumbled twice, but one of them he lost, I think. But uh, that's just – that's bad. I mean, that it really looked like he was just – it was so hard to watch. Like, I've never seen it, that kind of quarterback play in my life struggle that bad. And, that, I mean, it, it, it was – the switch needed to be made. Uh, I, Jim Harbaugh knew it. I think the whole staff knew it. I even think Jim Harbaugh's dad mentioned it too. So um, it was good to see um, Peters get in there at the right time. And, you know, and you had Kareem Walker. I mean, like you you were just talking about, good to see Nico Collins. Kareem Walker looked great. I hope he's all right. I know he got hurt. And I pray that he's better um, because he was really, really doing well. Yeah, he did get a little dinged up there. So hopefully everything, I haven't heard anything more with that right now. Um, yeah, so not to get too far now, I've got other things I got to remember to mention when we talk later. So, uh, thanks again, Steven, for the voicemail as always, uh, pretty much a weekly, every episode caller. Always appreciate it. Uh, we do have one more here then before we move along. Um, Hey, blue balls, this is Sean, Irish for Orange Twitter. Uh, a lot better day here. Um, Currently, uh, Spring Lake uh, is as usual on the on a weekday. Anyway, Saturday, uh, do a lot better with the uh, with the win. Uh, Harbaugh definitely had to make a move. So, still don't really believe in the old line. Um, after my emotionalism last night, you, you guys, last time you guys uh, 
Um, obviously, obvious with the uh, uh, the offensive line um, having to uh, switch out uh, people, get, uh, get them different uh, some some reps. Um, you know what haven't we seen the wheel out before? Uh, less stuff, but that's um, good win. Uh, uh, some fire, and obviously the fans like it. But um, no, no, it constantly seems like chicken uh, fans like the backup until 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 we lose an egg. So uh, the offensive line shows me something that that's all I got. Bye. All right. Thanks yeah. for the call. And uh, I'm not sure. It was a little difficult coming through. So some people maybe, I'm not sure if the uh, going through the sound system, if it'll come out clearly for everybody. But, um, yeah, still offensive line struggles. Uh, that is for sure. But then, oh, what was it? There was something mentioned. Shoot. I forgot to write it down. There was something else I mentioned that I was going to try to touch on. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, – <laughs> well, he did kind of mention everybody likes the backup until the until he lays an egg. So, um, yeah, there will be we conversation have- with that coming up. But, uh, but yeah, it's it was definitely – it was a different – oh, this is what was uh, – what I was thinking. Um, and this is kind of a relation with what everybody's talked about is uh, everybody got excited. And uh, when O'Corn went in, I mean, I wasn't there at the game, but you could hear it on the TV. Everybody was talking about it on social media. Like, it was just kind of like the big house had a rejuvenation, and everybody, it, it was a completely different atmosphere from what everybody was saying. So, yeah, uh, it's nice to see that. It's, um, and I can understand, understand the uh, discouragement and everything from everybody being at games and, more the frustration at the coaches than the players, but uh, they still can feel that uh, emotion and everything on the field. So it was good to get things back on the positive side for this game. So, yeah, yeah, it was good to see. I know a lot of people were just very, very frustrated because we literally, what it seemed appeared to me is all. <laughs> well, really, when Corn was in there, it really got to a point where everybody was like, "Don't even throw the ball; just run the ball every time." I mean, that's all I heard, and I even I agreed with it. It seemed like we were running the ball much better. Anytime we went back to pass it, it was a disaster. I mean, absolute disaster. We couldn't even throw the ball a yard, or so. It was just, I mean. When you go for three for six, it's just, it just there's no, it's so one side. In fact, Rutgers had better passing than we did, and they're terrible. They're actually worse than the league at passing, and their off, passing offense is you know, wretched too. But, but yeah, to see Peters, like you said, keep it simple, clean passes, step in the pocket. Even he rolled out really good, and he fired really good balls, and. He knew where he looked at his progressions pretty well, and once he saw his player, I, he he at in the spring game. Oh, I mean, keep going back to that. He, he knows where to place that ball. You know what I mean? And he doesn't. He didn't place the ball. There was only maybe one pass. I think to Wheatley maybe threw a little bit high, but you know Wheatley probably could have caught that too. I think it was on both. You know, on both. But uh, 
most of his passes were right on the money, right on the numbers, and where the where the player could get it. So, yeah, yeah, good, uh, good performance there, all around and night and day between O'Corn and Peters yeah. there. So, uh, but uh, thanks again, everybody, for the voicemails. Definitely want to mention that before diving into things. And so, Craig, I will go ahead and let you looking at things here. Okay, uh, I will go ahead and let you just kind of kick things off and reaction to the game, wherever you want to start, go ahead and go for it. Well, I think there's a couple things within this game I, I believe set the tone um, from the beginning, and that was uh, Rutgers almost had this they knew literally they were on fire because um, they knew that Michigan couldn't move the ball. They knew they could run it. So, but they knew that that we could not pass that ball at all. They were stacking the box. They had every secondary up there about five yards out. And that was, and and we're talking about the like linebackers, like 10 yards out from the line of scrimmage. That was about it. So, but it was amazing to see. There's a few things happened in this game, I think kind of set the tone for, I think Rutgers actually shot themselves in the foot with the shank punt. I think they had a shank punt that was really bad and it resulted in a touchdown. And then uh, I think they had uh, a, they had one opportunity and I think Peters lucked out was that, uh, that he almost threw an interception. That was one missed opportunity for Rutgers. Uh, I went right through that uh, uh I think it was a safety or something's hands, or it might have been linebacker, but um, that was a big uh, drop by them, and I think they might have had a holding penalty, too, that really set the tone that really hurt them. But we're talking about Rutgers. I mean, they're, uh, the win, uh, their wide receiver, I think his name, well, I forget his name again, um, what, he was in the Wildcat, and that was a great misdirection run uh, that burned us in the secondary. Um, we were all moved up. Um, but then when Peters came in, that was the time where if you looked at when Peters came in and then the first and second throw, I literally was watching the secondary and then they started moving back 10 to 15 yards out. And that was the key to watch Higdon roll. Higdon was just on fire. He did what he does best. And right now it looks like <laughs> we've had so many running back changes, right? We went from Evans to, Isaac is the man. He had a great game too, but uh, Hickman seems to be the running back that we are going to probably get the ball a lot more to uh, if uh, Kareem Walker's hurt. But uh, yeah, Peter's coming in and like you said, moved the ball methodically, got a first touchdown. And I think it was really interesting. I, it, I, I believe most all the running backs scored. <laughs> Even Evans caught a ball for a touchdown. So that was pretty incredible. But uh, Rutgers, is is better than last year, but uh, they still are a terrible offense, and it showed. And uh, I think our defense showed up in the second half. And I think the defense really was rejuvenated when Peters came in. In fact, I it's amazing what a defense can do. You think the defense and offense don't click together? They do. When we were able to move the ball, it was able to give the defense a little bit of rest, a little bit of energy, a little bit of time on the sidelines to get some air. And then came out there, and and they did really, really well. And that was probably the keys of the game. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I don't know if I would necessarily say that it was them being able to sit and rest more. 
because yeah. that was the thing with Michigan where they could go out there and they could have a drive, I don't know, kind of last a little while and the defense would be on the sidelines. Um, so they, they would sit down for a little bit. But it just seemed like with the offense uh, having a new uh, – having new life to it and everything, it's like it ignited the defense too, which was really interesting. I mean, I know um, they probably latched on to the idea of, oh, hey, guess what? Our offense is actually going to score points, so maybe we'll actually win this game. Um, but, yeah, it was just really interesting because I didn't I didn't think it would have that much of an impact, you know, on the, as far as on the defense because the defense has been so strong. I mean, I know they've had their issues as well, but, you know, that has been Michigan's identity has been defense. Uh, the past two years. Um, but yeah, in the recent weeks, you've seen them kind of take a hit and everything. And for them to, after Peters went in and um, started scoring and everything, you definitely saw a difference. Um, Cause I mean, well, granted before Peters went in, Rutgers had seven points. And then after Rucker, Rucker or Peters went in, they only had seven more points. So you can't really compare those numbers, but yeah, they uh, they had a pretty good performance and everything all in all together. Uh, talking, <clears throat> sorry, talking about the running backs. So, yeah, Karan Higdon totally ran away with it. Pun intended. Um, he broke a thousand career yards with that game and his uh, 158 yards in the game versus Rutgers. So awesome! Congratulations. Also, capping it with two touchdowns. Um, you were pretty close where uh, Higdon had two touchdowns, Walker had touchdowns, Evan had a receiving touchdown, uh, which was surprising to see, awesome to see. But then uh, Ty Isaac uh, walked out with 100, uh, 109 yards but no touchdowns. So. Yeah, he played well too. Yeah, he, he definitely had a good, day, uh, good game. And then, yeah, after Evans, I mean, uh, there were a couple people that out there that touched the ball. Uh, another... Uh, young player that got in there. Oh, Mari Samuels got in there for three carries. So uh, just put up seven yards, but it was nice to see him get the field. So, um, well, and then Khalid Hill forgot about that because fullback getting a touchdown there as well. And he only, that was his only run. So he had put up one yard and got one touchdown. Nice. Um. So, do you want to get into the fire, or do you want to leave the fire till later? <laughs> well, let's get into the let's get into the fire. All right, let's let's get into the fire. All right, let's do it. The fire, the ring of fire. Okay, the ring of fire. Um, just so everybody knows, I hate Craig right now, and I think he's the biggest idiot. And <laughs> I thought about kicking him off the show. <laughs> No, there aren't very many times where we take on two very different perspectives, but I feel like we have very different perspectives with this. And I like I I talking through social media and everything. You can only say so much. So I'm going to come full circle here. So you guys will kind of have to, you know, listen to the the whole episode, wait until the end and you'll kind of see where this goes and everything. So, yeah, uh, Craig, short answer. Having Brandon Peters at quarterback, a good thing or a bad thing? Uh, I think it. you mean now or? Now, yeah. Like I think it's a great thing, yeah. Okay. I agree. Okay. But I'm, I'm holding myself back a little bit. 
I know. I know. And I, I've been saying this, and, and I know that you kind of agree with this a little bit, too, but you're kind of already, like, a mile down the road. <laughs> but I, I'm I'm holding on because it's one game, and, and it was Rutgers. And, you know, uh, Rutgers is still uh, a Big Ten football team. Um for what's worth, and you know they've they've won more games this year than previous years and everything, and they were on a two game winning streak, one dimensional, right? Yeah. So, uh, but so I'm kind of holding on a little bit, and mm-hmm. and I mentioned yeah. this too on social media and everything because people are, are kind of uh, a lot of people are bringing it up, but I feel like some people are kind of forgetting that when O'Corn came in for Spate, which was mm-hmm. late, late in yeah. the first quarter, Peters came in early in the second quarter. Uh, for Corn, when he came in for Spate, he rejuvenated the team a little bit, and he had a pretty solid performance. Uh, mm-hmm. He he had some mistakes where Peters yeah. Peters didn't, but you know, pretty solid performance. So, do you think I'm unreasonable and and kind of being like, okay, hold on, everybody, you know, it's one game, let's let's wait a week or two? No, I don't. I understand it. I understand why people are, uh, of course. Okay, so you're not as dumb as I thought you were. <laughs> so, so that's no, a good thing. No, I don't. I understand. <laughs> I do. I understand why people are, yeah, going, you know, we've seen this playbook before, right? Yeah. Right? Seen it. We've seen it with O'Corn. He comes in a uh, little shaky against Purdue, but then comes back and plays pretty good and does well. And I believe that was a lot, you know, last uh, passing touchdown was against in, in Purdue. I believe a corn through that, but, uh, um, yeah, I mean, it's corn is what it is. And maybe that offense wasn't set up for, uh, I mean, the defense for Purdue wasn't ready for a corn and the way he plays. Maybe that had something to do with it. I don't know because he's, he is different, much different than Peters and how he uh, throws the ball and, uh, his poise in the pocket and just, just overall the way, you know, he's in that shotgun all the time or would he like to be in that shotgun? I mean, um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I can see why people are a little bit whatever and, you know, tempering themselves. I believe Steven mentioned that about tempering themselves on, you know, it is Rutgers. They're one dimensional team. They're not a great team. They're okay. They're better. They're better than last year. But, uh, the fact is he came in and, but you know did really really well in fact there was one time he had a pretty quick drive and he scored a touchdown and it was great to see but uh but i was i'll go back to this and i keep mentioning it and the reason is why maybe i'm a little bit farther down the road than you is because i was able to go to that spring game and see that and i know there's so many michigan fans that don't really take that spring game into account on the way Michigan plays and whatever. But there's a lot of things in that spring game that made me understand a, a few things about the players is Wilton Spate watching him a little bit nervous, a little bit uh, didn't look at ease in the pocket, which kind of turned out to be this year. A corn mm, was pretty good. He was, he wasn't bad. Um, his poise was okay. Peters, on the other hand, his poise in the pocket, even after he threw a pick six, he still played great. Even in the spring game, I know it's just a spring game, but he still looked poised. He still was gunning those up past his, he had, he's very 
uh, on target on what he was going to do. And even if the playbook is very simple and, and, and dumbed down, Peter still looked really good in the spring game, but you're right. I, I I'm, I'm with you. I'm trying not to get down that road, but I like, I, I, I think Peters is more set up for Jim Harbaugh and that's why he recruited him. And these other two, Wilton Spate and John O'Corn, a member, one of them is a, a transfer. The other one is a, a Brady Hoke quarterback. Um, so that's why I think Peters might fit Jim Harbaugh in the system he has right now. Oh, yeah, I definitely agree that Peters will probably be a better fit and everything. Now, I I know that this is kind of like in the past, you know, first game's already happened and everything, but just like my interest in seeing with this Minnesota game coming up, and I know that I it's might good, be kind of getting ahead. Yeah, it should be a good game. Uh, yeah. might be getting ahead of myself. Could maybe mention this next episode, but I'll go ahead and mention it now. Um some numbers here, because talking about how O'Corn came in uh, for the Purdue game, which was a road game, uh, he yeah. came in and threw 270 yards, 69% completion percentage, and he, he did have that touchdown. So it was one touchdown, and he had an interception. So yeah. those are his numbers. Peters uh, played this game at home versus Rutgers, which is Rutgers and Purdue right now are both faltering so i don't know if there's a lot of distance between both of them um nothing that purdue was uh the greatest opponent uh but they were kind of on a hot streak at the time anyways uh he put up 124 yards with a 71 percent completion percentage uh one touchdown no interceptions so you know higher completion percentage some less yards but performance definitely looked about. It looked a lot different. We've already talked about how yeah. the offensive line looked like it was. Looked like they were blocking better. Yeah, it looked like almost a completely <laughs> different offensive line. So, so you're you might yeah. look at that and you might be like, okay, no big deal. It's kind of hard. I mean, you can't really say a whole lot about that. Both had first games. We'll see how the second games second game goes. Something that I kind of want to point out here, just to make things a little more a little bit more interesting with this. Uh, Peters came into a tie game for Michigan. So, yeah, it's not the most convenient thing, but also isn't the most pressure mm-hmm. to be right. under because uh, then they wound up uh, being 21-7 at the half and it never got close really after that. Uh, O'Corn came in, and I believe it was a tie game. All I know, though, is he came in the first half, and at halftime they were down. They were down 7-10. to 10. Yeah. So he was on the road, and uh, the team was behind, and they had to fight back. This is the part that I say is the most interesting. And this comes down to the offensive line, some things with the offensive line. Uh, So Michigan this past Saturday against Rutgers, the running game put up 334 yards, averaging 6.5 per carry. Right. So awesome running game. The secondary had to be ready and account for it. They didn't have an answer for it, but they also had to respect Peters because he was completing well and he was doing he was doing enough of what he needed to for the uh, for the running game and passing game both to be productive. The Purdue game, however, John O'Corn was the offense basically because Michigan 
breaking 100 yards, just making it to 139 yards for the running game, and they averaged 3.2 yards per carry. That's less than half than what they did against Rutgers. Right. So O'Corn really carried that team. They both had a huge impact because what Peters did was very important against Rutgers because then that changed how Rutgers had to play defense. Yeah, I mean, because O'Corn's more of a rollout passer. I mean, that's what he does. He's not a sit. He's not an under center quarterback. He just really isn't. He isn't a you know three or four step back and then and step forward into the pocket thrower. He he, he rarely does it. And when he you know he's more of a out of the shotgun kind of guy. I mean they don't show it, but that's what he is. You can tell how far back he steps. And so you're right. I mean, and then he, even when he throws on the run, it's either you know this isn't on point. It, 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 he isn't targeting, but you're right. During the Purdue game, he was he was better, and then he digressed. So that's what's really really interesting. Yeah. So Wait. Well, well, think about this. Wilton Spate was too. He played. Would we say in our you know a couple podcasts we said what was his best game? Was Florida? Yeah, outside of the <laughs> so two picks. Yeah. Yeah, he had Florida's best game, and then they got he digressed in a way. I mean, I think we both said you know Cincinnati maybe it would have been a little bit better, but he wasn't very good in Air Force and Cincinnati. He didn't play particularly very well either. But they both digressed. We got two quarterbacks who started off well, not bad, and they just digressed and got worse. Yeah, so and so, really so what's to say that doesn't happen with the third? And that's where right. my concern comes in where don't right. overcomplicate I things. I get it. Oh, yeah, I know. Exactly. Don't overcomplicate things. Like you said, don't give this, you know, huge playbook to Peters. Maybe Peters is that smart that he does know. And um, I don't know why what the holdup was for him. But you, like you're saying, maybe he isn't the leader. He is kind of a quiet. I did like the fact that he said, and I believe him. I totally believe him when he said, I wasn't nervous. I was just excited. That's him. The, the, he, his game face isn't different than the way he plays. I mean, he, he, he's he got this, like, monotone face. He doesn't look like he's laughing or smiling. And that's just the way he is. And maybe that's something Jim Harbaugh looks at. But, uh, but, yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, there's some good points you made right there. So Yeah, well, this is my biggest concern right here. And and I know like this is this is why I'm saying this is one game, so I want to see more. I'm not saying they can't do it. I'm just yeah. saying this is a concern. Is what is going to happen when he does need to win the game? Because I know that he had uh, he had a good performance and everything, and he had the one touchdown. But what's going to happen when the running game can't put up 300 yards? Right. What's going to happen when the running game can barely break 100 yards? So right. I don't know if we'll see that against Minnesota and Maryland. But you're going to see, you know, some t- tough stuff come up with Wisconsin and Ohio State at the end of the year, which we anticipate Peter's probably playing out for the rest of the season. Yeah. So at some point, can pretty much guarantee it's going to happen once or more where the running game is not going to be able to produce and the passing game is going to have to essentially carry the offense. That right. That's right. what I want to know how it's going to go because he was at home and he probably had one heck of an environment to play in. Cause we, like we already said, everybody was wanting to see Peters when he was out there, people were freaking out. 
So the entire game, people were, first of all, excited to see him, always excited to see him complete a pass, and then excited to see every time March, Michigan marching down the field because they have not seen that all year. So what's going to happen when he goes on the road to Maryland and nobody's cheering him on and everybody's against him? And maybe that's a game where he has to carry more of the game on his shoulders because the running game's not doing it. And I know this is a lot of what-ifs and everything, but this this is me explaining the part where I'm saying, you know, I'm waiting. I'm excited, and I think, and I do definitely agree that Peters is performing better than O'Corn. He deserves to be in there, but I'm just kind of like, I, I put it out there on Twitter. Some people were like, oh, we're going to win out for the rest of the season. There's nothing Michigan has to worry about now because they have their quarterback, and fixing the quarterback has fixed everything, and it's all sunshine and rainbows and butterflies. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, I mean, you make good points. You know, you're going to have to, like we were talking about, get to a point where your offense passing game is going to have to win games for you and not just running the football. And, yeah, you got to have that threat like you were talking about. So, yeah, now, now me being Debbie Downer, (laughs) I'll I'll go more on the positive side of things because I'll tell you the things that I like that I'm hoping to see continue in future games. Okay. Because I I wish I had the numbers, but maybe you guys saw this and I don't have the Twitter handle, so I apologize for it. But somebody did an awesome job. Man, gosh. Somebody did an awesome job of putting a video out of just every single pass that Peters attempted in the game, which was relatively easy mm-hmm. because there was only 14 of them. Right. Um, but they put a little video clip together of every single pass. So this was awesome. Helped me do uh, watching tape. <laughs> Made it so much easier for me instead of watching the tape of the whole entire game so many times. Right. Um, but I watched it. So I can tell you a few things. He had 14 passes, 10 completions. So like we said, 71%. He had the 124 yards. He had one touchdown. Um, And of those 14 passes, and this is the thing where you just saw the offensive line perform differently. There's two (laughs) things that do contribute to this, but he was only pressured twice. Like there was only two times that the defense was in his face and on him. Right. Uh, And then, one of those was uh, the great play where he got flushed from the pocket, was running toward the sideline, and hit the pass uh, down the field uh, to, I think it was McKeon, I'm not sure, uh, down the field by the sideline close to the first down. So great job by him. Uh, but I went ahead and timed every single one of his passes then, like how long from snap to pass that he right. was sitting in the pocket. So... Uh, out of all 14 passes, his average, the average amount of time that it took him to get the ball out of his hands after it was snapped was 2.93 seconds. Mm-hmm. 2.93 yeah. seconds, which is huge compared to what you're used to watching with O'Corn. And like I said, I wish right. I had the numbers I could give you for O'Corn. But this is the more, in- the more interesting thing, though, because like I said, there was the time where he was forced out of the pocket. If you go ahead and take that out of there, because obviously that's going to add that one of taking him close to eight seconds to getting rid of the ball that time because he got flushed out. Yeah. If you take that one out, so you do the average for 13, he drops to 2.5. Right. Yep. So, I mean, that that is what we've talked about 
for I don't know how many games that has been. And well, part, part of it we thought was possibly play calling. Some of it we know where O'Corn was just trying to pass the ball down the field and completely missing open people and not seeing some of the shallow routes and everything. But there were there were a lot of times where I just felt like there weren't a ton of plays where there were those quick passes. But he did tend to hold on to the ball a lot more than he needed to. Oh, so, yeah. I, 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 I was right to say that. I said a corn seemed to be holding on to the ball way longer than than Peters did. I mean, maybe we're being tricked that the offensive line looks like they were blocking quicker because Peters was letting, you know, throwing the ball quicker and and all he he doesn't need that much time to get rid of that ball. He knows exactly who he wants to throw to. That would be great. But you know, like you were talking about corn on the other hand, you know, there are so many times where I couldn't count where I'd go, you got to like you got to throw that ball, dude. You can't have 5 to 6 seconds in the pocket to throw or whatever you're running around. That's just way too much time, and maybe Peters is that kind of kid, you know, that he's he's used to this offensive line collapsing or whatever. But that's a great, great stat to put out there. Yeah, I will be tweeting that out there yeah. uh, later sometime as well. But yeah, so that that's kind of the thing where it's just like, um, may, like you even said, maybe the offensive line wasn't necessarily blocking more or better. It was just the fact that a cor- or uh, Peters was getting rid of the ball faster, but that's why I mentioned pressure because like I said, out of those 14 passes, he was only pressured twice. So the offensive line was doing a pretty decent job where he, he was able to pass the ball when he didn't feel like he had to, because he was being pressured. Right. 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 So, exactly. yeah. So, yeah. And, and he did throw, and then he, you know, there was times I'm like, is he very, is he more of a pocket passer? And he showed that he actually can throw on the run too which is really, really good to see, too. He had a ball of McKeon, who just, uh, that was a great throw, uh, only where he could find it or he could catch it, and it was great catch and a great throw. And, yeah, it was good to see that, too. Yeah, and I'll, I'll still give it to McKeon. He's one of my most uh, entertaining players to watch this year, and I think that he's an awesome, uh, yeah. awesome yeah. stepping up this year with everything. So, um so kind of stepping back then, kind of looking as a whole, um, you know, because we got into some specifics there and everything. Uh, yeah, great great game to watch. Um, yeah. Defense you know, did great. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, the, the passes were there. The receivers were making the catches. The running backs were hitting the holes that the offensive line was putting out there. Evans. You know, I know that everybody was kind of high and hopeful for Evans and everything. I think if we had a more productive offensive line, that Evans would just tear it up because if he's able to get a hole in the line and break through the second level, yeah, he he can be gone. Yeah, you and I, I think you and I are talking about he had one particular run. He had so much speed. Like, it was like being shot out of a can. It was like, boom. And he went from zero to 60 in like a second, but the line, the, you know, the secondary closed in on him to tackle him. And, you know, he's not a big guy, so he doesn't really, you know, you can tackle him pretty easy. But like you said, there's that one, you and I both tweeted, I think we both tweeted out. We just said, Oh man, he was just close to getting past them. And he, there's no way you're going to catch him. He's that got that much speed. And you know, I mean, he's he's running to the right, and he just was gone. And yet, 
it collapsed and he almost he almost broke through but uh yeah i agree he's 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 a weapon and you know he might i'm not sure he's going to be the, i think Higgins going to be the man for a while cuz i and then isaac but uh yeah evans i think you're going to have to use him in a different way that you know that maybe you know, that Peters can use him as a weapon that can he can throw a little you know dump pass to and get him out in space, uh, given what the defense has given you. But uh, yeah, they, it'd be good to get him out there. Yeah, it might be interesting to see him maybe catch more passes because yeah, he's yeah. he's got the speed to create separation. So, um, let's see here. Um. Looking at our lock and dump it from last week, we totally, we really basically bombed. Uh, Michigan will have less penalties than Rutgers. That wound up being a dump because they both got the same amount, but Michigan had more yards. You dumped that. I locked it. Uh, So bad on me. The defense will force two turnovers. Big dump because defense didn't get any turnovers. (laughs) <laughs> which kind of sucks, but, you know, and that's the way it goes. Do you, uh, turnovers don't always win the games, but because Michigan did a good job without them. Uh, Michigan offense will have its most yards this season, which would be over 433 yards. We both dumped it because we were thinking how much yeah. O'Corn would be playing. Peters came in and proved us wrong because that was a lock because Michigan came out and wound up putting up 471 yards. Yeah. Just wow. a little bit shy of the 500. Yeah. 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 Exactly. And, you know, I have to give it up to <clears throat> the defense, too. Defense, we had uh, six different players that had uh, a hand, you know, had something to do with the sacks in the game. I think uh, uh, Bush had 11 tackles. For you know something like that, which is I think a career high for him. I don't know if it is or not, but uh, he had a great game. Rashawn Gary did great. I think he's pushing people around, so it was good to see him do really, really well. And then Mo Hurst, man, he really set the tone with the defense, and um, he had a great game too. So, but uh, yeah, kudos to seeing the defense kind of come alive a little bit better, and then seeing this offense click, seeing what three to four drives on offense for touchdowns that's pretty incredible we haven't seen that for a while and i think a lot had to do with peters in there throwing the ball and creating a little bit more of a pushing that that secondary back a little bit farther and creating more holes for our uh, offensive line to block and then watching our you know karan higdon and isaac and and do their thing so that was really cool to see yeah, well, after five weeks, it's nice to be able to see the offense score more than 30 points again, so. Yeah. <laughs> Why, that was, yeah, I was heading down to, like, the 20s. Yeah. <laughs> I was moving that way. I was like, I went from 28s to I'm moving way down because we could. I tell you what, you know, you can look back hindsight back and go, if Jim Harbaugh would have stuck with the corn, that would have probably been the case. It was really getting bad, so. Yeah. But, yeah. Yep, absolutely. So, all right. Well, uh, getting here towards the end of things to touch on what else happened in the Big Ten this weekend. <clears throat> uh, number five was on the road at Illinois. Uh, they only put up 24 to 10, but they got the win for that game. Indiana and Maryland in a high scoring 
game in Maryland. Uh, the Terps getting the win, 42-39. to uh, The big showdown between Ohio State and Penn State looked like Penn State all the way, but then they let Ohio State come back and beat them by one with a score of 39-38. to So number six upsetting number two. Then the, what I would call more of a real upset, because unranked first ranked, Northwestern hosting Michigan State, uh, number 60 Michigan State, won in triple overtime, 39-31. to uh, Finished that off with uh, interception in the end zone, actually, to put that game away. Yeah, and, great job. That was a big win for the Northwestern. So. Yeah, no, for sure. Always a uh, fan of Pat Fitzgerald, and uh, cool to see them get a uh, rain-to-win upset like that. And Iowa hosted Minnesota. They had a close one, uh, only winning 17-10. to for the Hawkeyes and Nebraska coming from behind on the road against Purdue to win 25 to 24. Yeah. Jeez. What's going on in Nebraska, man? Jeez. What's going on with the West division? <laughs> right. I know. Yeah, I know. Did you watch the Ohio state Penn state game? Yeah, that was, uh, I watched a, uh, well, no, actually I didn't watch any of it live. I saw some of the highlights I got, uh, where I was able to watch anything, I was only able to get the uh, Michigan State Northwestern game. So, yeah, great game, Penn State. You know, you, with Ohio State, you you really, if you could be up thirty-five to zero, you're just going to have to play the whole entire game. You can't let your foot off the gas. And Penn State did that a little bit. Defense kind of let them back in, and yeah, can't do that against Ohio State. They score quickly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. So that was the weekend events, and yeah. so we will, uh, as things are coming along, um, just to give everybody the heads up, because I think what will be happening is kind of what we did last year is we're actually going to be moving into where we essentially have three episodes a week, because we have the preview episode we have the recap episode and then we're also going to take a little bit of time to talk about the playoff standings and maybe during the episode uh that episode slash segment uh just mentioned kind of some other things that are going in college football in general uh mm-hmm. and so the playoff standings are coming out or the playoff rankings are coming out this week uh tuesday night so yeah that'll be really really interesting because to me it's going to be very interesting, and you and I probably will touch on this, Notre Dame causing all kinds of problems. <laughs> yeah, and then the surprising <laughs> stuff we've seen in the AP poll. But, frankly, the AP poll now yeah. becomes pointless because it's we all go, about the playoffs. 25, 24, Michigan, where are we uh, at? No, we didn't make it in. Oh, we didn't? Oh, I, I thought we did. I don't think so. I have to go back and check. Oh, it's not coming up for me. So uh, I don't think we did, though. Uh, I mean, because I, I kind of anticipated that we won. I mean, it was Rutgers. It was at home. Uh, so I, I imagine maybe if we get one more good yeah, solid one. Oh, coaches poll. You're right. Oh, co- yeah, coaches poll. Yeah, we're not. Uh, yeah, coaches poll. We're 24 and AP. We're not. So, but Michigan State's out. But, yeah, it's okay. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Um here at the end of things, I uh, want to thank everybody again for the voicemails. Uh, if you want to contact us, that voicemail number is 
258-3276. Easy to remember, 551-BLUE-BRO. Thanks, Ray, for the uh, new caller. Always like uh, new callers calling in. Uh, Twitter, we're at Blue Bros underscore and then Caleb or underscore Craig. And email, quick and easy, Blue Brothers Sportscast at gmail.com. Trying to think if there's anything else. I don't really think so. So that's pretty much a wrap. Craig, anything else? Nope. It was a great game. Good to see Michigan. Uh, offense clicking again, even though it was one game, but uh, it'll be, it was really, really good to see um, offense rolling, the passing game moving, and it was good to see. Been a while. Yeah, for sure. So I know that it's still, it is still early in the week. It's unfortunate. It's a while until Michigan football again, but hopefully your week is quick and easy and it comes back around. Until then, go blue. Go blue.